Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We hope you're doing well. How you doing, James? Good. Goodish. Good. Goodish. <laughs> Goodish, man. Goodish. I don't know how I'm doing right now because right now, right as this drops, now. right now. I'm probably waking up, getting ready to head to the Southern Baptist Convention. The beginning of the actual convention. But I, I did eat good food last night, oh, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Sure of this. We are in New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> wow. You can tell I'm New Orleans. You have to We're say New Orleans. Uh, hey, where you went to seminary. I went to seminary. Yes, your doctorate. Right. I went to seminary there for my MDiv and uh, had a nice to uh, be back in New Orleans and have good New Orleans food. Uh, and to be part of the SBC. So our staff team uh, has gone over and attended the pastor's conference. And then the SBC actually starts on Tuesday. So, but yeah, doing okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, this past week we had kids clubs at, at church. We did. Great. I it know. So great. Cool. Yeah. Good yeah. connections with a lot of uh, non-church families. Mm-hmm. I had some really good conversations with um, a dad who came all four days with his kids at the site where I was serving and uh, invited him to church. Just yeah. Hear, hear story, his story a little bit. So it was cool. That happened all over. So we're thankful for that. Thank uh, you, Lucas and kids team for being amazing. Awkward, not awkward conversation at mine is I was talking to this lady and, um, Pretty much everyone there, like at ours, either went to our church or was like new to our church. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, but this lady's talking, she acts like she knows me. And finally, I was like, Do you go to our church? It's <laughs> like, Nope. All right. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm you, sorry. There's a lot of new people. Yes, it's summer. Right. You know? Yeah, that, I understand. But, you know, there's a lot of new people who like are new to the church who came to kids' clubs and I'm, I met somebody and they're yeah. like, Yeah, we actually are new to the church and decided mm-hmm. to check it out and mm-hmm. we're thankful for what's going on. So, yeah. Well, good hey, Sunday, too. Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, it's just good. And speak, you said good. earlier, awkward but not awkward. That kind of maybe sums up the Southern Baptist Convention. Maybe a little more awkward than. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, hey, we, this episode, we wanted to take time to uh, talk about. Southern Baptist Convention. What's going to be going on? Part one of three. Part one of three. And so the next two weeks, we are going to spend. Wrapping up this season of Boggy Talk before we take a break uh, during the summer, the hot part of the summer in July, uh, we'll take two weeks to kind of talk through some of the things that happened at the Southern Baptist Convention and uh, some of their implications. Wait, we're taking a break? Yeah, we are. I might just be on here by myself. Uh, James is going to come in here and just freestyle it. Mm-hmm. You can. I won't know how to record it or upload it, but um, <laughs> but you just you'll entertain yourself. You can show your kids. If there at were home. the credit credits for this, it'd be like starring <laughs> no, James Ross and Justin Wyatt. Produced by Justin Wyatt. Directed by Justin Wyatt. Choreographed by That's Justin right. Wyatt. Although the choreography, uh, it, it is the sound mixing mm. and uh, video by, editing for most. Who would it be most, written by? Because this is totally unhinged and unscripted. So Typically. I mean, I you know, got stuff You got notes, here. and sometimes yeah, yeah. I have notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, hey, so we're gonna start. <laughs> we're gonna start this talking about the convention. But first, let's just revisit why in the world are we? Why do we continue? Why were we? Why mm-hmm. do we continue mm-hmm. to cooperate with the Southern Baptist mm. Convention? Mm. Mm. Great question. Awkward silence. I don't know the answer. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think it's interesting. Those who are like a part of a ba- our church, a part of the Baptist church, like. There's almost like, okay, it's natural. You find a Baptist church. But like we actually, just so you know, we have a lot of people uh, who are at a church that this is the first Baptist church they've been a part of. Mm -hmm. And they find themselves surprised that they're here and that they're staying. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so true. Yeah, I mean, so. Whether that's because of experience 
uh, with other Baptist churches or just what they think of. I was going to say, it's usually perception. Yeah, it's perception. And yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, And a lot of times we are associated with actual independent fundamental Baptists. Yes, like the the protesters and the picketers. Yes. Because they all call themselves blank Baptist church. So- Exactly. Where, where, is that a cuss word you just blank? <laughs> it could be for Baptist some Church. of them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, remember, what is being a Southern Baptist Church, Justin? Being a Southern Baptist Church—that's a great question. Uh, what is? Uh, because they're varied. What uh, is but, truth? But no, yeah. basically, no. what is church? So being a part of the Southern Baptist Church means cooperating uh, with other like-minded uh, churches under the umbrella uh, and. Uh, cooperation with the Baptist faith and message and cooperation together uh, in missions, uh, in seminary education, et cetera, uh, ministry, but all really uh, each Baptist church still functioning as an autonomous Baptist church. So that's a, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything you add to that, it's kind of hard. It's funny because it's kind of hard to explain, but also not. Yeah. I mean, you really do have to think about we're non-denominational. Like there's, we're not a denomination. Mm -hmm. So when you think of denomination, you typically think of like, you know, somebody at the head or some board at the head and they're giving direction and oversight to the churches. Maybe, Maybe there's a parish level, you know, like hierarchy. That's actually opposite of that. Like in a Southern Baptist church, we're, 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 we're self-governed mm-hmm. and then we come and we vote on some key issues that set the direction of For all, all the entities. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So entities like the IMB, entity like North American Mission the seminaries, Board, seminaries, yes. all that stuff. So, so, I mean, simplified, we are SPC because we feel like that is a uh, great way to be a part of accomplishing the Great Commission. Absolutely. And let's, so let's start there. Let's talk about some of the great things that do come from the Southern Baptist Convention. I think the the probably the biggest is the cooperation that happens in missions engagement globally, church planning in our country, uh, across North America, in our state. Uh, that's probably the biggest, you know, hey, we're cooperating together and we can do a lot more together with all these churches cooperating together than we can apart. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and then kind of the seminary piece, that's maybe a different uh, aspect that you would say, okay, so that's kind of ensuring how we're training our younger people to feel called into ministry. And uh, beyond that, even now, like, you know, to live mm-hmm. um, their life for the Lord with a Christian education. So uh, that, that that's an important piece because because educational institutions are influential. We see mm-hmm. that in America. Yeah. And so we, one of the big controversies about 40 years ago was that there was a um, perceived, and I would say accurately perceived liberal drift amongst right. most of our seminaries. And so it was like, hey, we got to, we got to tighten the reins on here and mm-hmm. appoint new presidents and all those things. So, so, you know, um, because that has a huge impact on mm-hmm. doctrine, DNA, discipleship, all those things. And then I think you you just alluded to this, but it's it it is cool that ev so many churches can be a part of um, these things, even mm-hmm. if they're smaller. Absolutely, like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they have voice; they have a vote, and is sending messengers, and it helps. Yeah, yeah. So we we you know like we we could fund a couple missionaries, mm-hmm. like you know, and things like that. But a lot of churches could not do that. You know? Right. Absolutely. Um, so it helps to so, be a part mm-hmm. of it, and mm-hmm. even people from their church who may feel called that the church can never support someone from their church. Yes, going. Right. You right. know, they yeah, now can point. be part of this and participate because it does take a lot of resources. Yeah, and so I think I think, and this kind of will allude to the issues that are going on, and the Baptist faith and message has kind of said, and so we 
this is what we all kind of agree on. Yeah. Like, um, we, there is more to our Christian faith than right, what is than in the this. Baptist faith and message, but we all agree on these things here. Right. And really, if you read the Baptist faith and message, which if you're a member of this church, hopefully you've done that. And now you have, if you are joining this year, because we made our explore class. Yeah, we actually go read it. it and explore. Yeah, read it word by word. We do. Yeah. Because it's so important to understand it. it what you'll realize is it really is a, a very broad, it yeah, leaves right. a lot of room uh, for second, for different interpretations and different doctrines of, of, of secondary issues, right, I secondary should say, issues. or great. secondary issues, not the primary things. Uh, and so that is why, you know, Mm. so many mm. diverse Baptist churches, mm -hmm. one, exist mm -hmm. and cooperate together mm -hmm. is because when they're autonomous, too, it's very broad. So when, uh, for example, eschatology, the Baptist faith and message does not prescribe a specific, uh, you know, Premillennium, postmillennium, you know, view of end times. It does not prescribe whether a church must be 100% Arminian or 100% Calvinist or somewhere in between. It doesn't prescribe these things. There is room uh, for healthy uh, discourse, dialogue, disagreement, but cooperating together on the things that do matter. That Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life, mm -hmm. and no one comes to the Father mm -hmm. but through him. The scriptures are the word of mm -hmm. God. They are inerrant, and we trust them. Maybe maybe point of difference yeah. is that I think the Baptist faith and message speaks to some secondary issues, but it doesn't speak to third level issues. Yeah. So like primary issues are like we have in common with the Methodist church, yeah. primary issues. Mm -hmm. We have in common with there you go. Pentecostal, most mm -hmm. Pentecostal churches, but secondary issues yeah. as Baptists, we say, Hey, we are, we are convinced about these. Right. And so we're going to promote these things. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, are we good on what the SBC yeah, is? Yeah, I think so. Let's SBC? move. Okay. Let's so move. I think- now we're in this day where we're like, are some of these things second or third level yeah. issues? Mm -hmm. And do we care more about third level issues? Like, I think that's where we're getting. Yes. So like what you're seeing right now is a product a little mm -hmm. bit of being a big tent. Yep. Being broad. Mm -hmm. um, let me, let me, sorry, let me back up. Just so, like it would be. So if you take a we're going to talk about some of these specific issues, but just use our church as an, as a microcosm of this. Like there are people uh, in our church who have differing opinions on different things. And there's times when we have to say, Hey, that's, that's not, we can still be unified on this. Right. And so it's just, it's the same example as, yeah. you know, in a local, in a local church. Now we're, we're this big tent uh, cooperating organization, yeah. not denomination thing. And so there's going to be disagreement. Basically right. it's like how are we how are we going to agree to disagree or disagree to agree? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I think I think so like for our church, like and we actually are a little more um in line with how the overall SBC functions, because we don't actually add any doctrinal statements or things to ours beyond the Baptist faith and message. Um but but within the SBC, you do have churches that believe the King James Version is the only Bible, mm -hmm. and they're a Southern Baptist church, just like us. You have you have churches that um, believe in a specific eschatological view, right? Like as a church, we mm -hmm. all affirm this. We have soteriology, you know, Calvinism. Like there are right. churches that like every they're a Baptist mm -hmm. church, but they all you have to believe in Reformed doctrine to be there. Um, cessationist, you know, cessation ceasing of the spiritual gifts, right? Um, well, actually, you really some shouldn't of the, believe some that. Of the spirit, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, so so there are 
SPC churches that have additional beliefs now, but, but that's okay because we're like, Hey, are we all here? Mm-hmm. But now we're getting into some, some, some boggy, some boggy muddy issues. issues. And so let's talk about what those are in this upcoming yeah. convention. So uh, the first and probably the one that is getting the most press, I would say, there's always, a, you know, the presidential election, which will bring out some things, mm-hmm. but uh, the, the most visible on social media and the one that's being talked about the most is the fact that uh, previously this uh, calendar year for, not calendar year, but in the past a year for the Southern Baptist Convention, several churches were uh, disfellowshipped by the executive committees. Mm-hmm. Most by the noted, appeals committee, by the appeals committee, credentials yeah, committee. I'm yeah. getting all the committees committee, wrong. Yeah. Credentials committee, um, not the executive committee. Excuse Reporting me. to, I think they report to the yes um, to the executive. I don't know actually. The, I don't. But actually the, the credentials. I should know that, but I don't um, know. Most notably was uh, Saddleback Church in uh, California, Pastor Rick Warren, uh, and they were because of the. Uh, issue of ordaining and calling it women as pastors. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Rick Warren has filed um, to uh, a motion to be reinstated. Mm-hmm. And so that will be brought yep. up. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm not sure if other churches involved in yep. that. Um, and so Fern Creek go- has a female senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, R- Saddleback is a female teaching pastor. And so that's why the credentials committee disfellowship both of them along with four other churches for similar issues. Uh, but both of those two churches are appealing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a third church that's appealing, and that's based on sex abuse. Yes. So that's a church in Vero Beach, Florida, actually. There you go. Freedom Church. So we've talked about I this specifically because, <laughs> well, it's you're supposed to as the lead pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, Sound like a true associate pastor. That's man. right. That's your job. I'm not. I'm not. But please do that for me. No, I'm just kidding. But most churches have that like angry young associate yeah, pastor. Yeah, who knows everything yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, who's yeah. like, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah I could fix everything we with don't, my we ideals. We don't have that guy, thankfully. No. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Alec and Lucas are not that. They're, they're like, not that. Well, I just want to hang. They're with, young. But I want to teach students and kids mm. and love families and mm. love people and Jesus. Um, praise God for that. Mm. Um, so we've talked about you know women mm. in ministry mm. and kind of spelled out you know what we believe as a church. And so let's talk about why this is an issue. We've actually talked about specifically why this is an issue several episodes ago when we brought up this. That's right, we did yeah. issue. So, so go back and listen to that. Moving on. No, yeah, exactly. Just kidding. But it goes back into the fact that there are some who would say in the Baptist faith message, it does say very explicitly that the office of pastor yep, is reserved does. for qualified men. It does mm-hmm. say that, but there's some who would say, well, it doesn't say, it doesn't mean every pastor. Uh, it just means lead pastor. Mm-hmm. And what was the intent? So that's kind of where a lot of this is stemming from is what was the intent of the language? And, and I, you know, I think the intent was clear because it says what it says. And I think that those who want to say it says something more. Yeah. Um, you know, the Baptist faith and message. I'm not talking about like what to believe, but the Baptist, <coughs> those who want to use the Baptist faith and message and say, well, it doesn't say this or want to make yeah. it say more are coming from that. Well, I want it to say more. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be letter of the law. On right. This. Yep. No, I think so. Yeah. So we will discuss what happens, but essentially, yeah. So they, Saddleback is going to say um, their case and why they shouldn't be disfellowshipped and the messengers will vote mm-hmm. to Uphold the appeal. Yep. So to keep SB saddle back in or to um, uphold the uh, disfellowshipping of them. Now, side issue, I, I believe an amendment is going to be proposed, mm-hmm. which will take a couple of years to be in effect, but that the Baptist re- faith and message is actually redefined to say 
any kind of pastors. Right. Because um, they want to offer that clarity. So, so that would be a step further. So again, Saddleback, it's because they have a teaching pastor. There's a woman. There are SBC churches that have women who are in a pastoral role who are not being disfellowshipped. Mm-hmm. Those women are not being disfellowshipped. The, so those women those churches, or their churches. The churches yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is going to say, okay, basically you can't call a woman pastor mm-hmm. at your church. Um, and that'll be again, discussed, mm-hmm. uh, probably pretty extensively. Um, and, uh, we'll share about how that goes. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, we have said how we feel about it as a church, but, mm-hmm. uh, I do think we need to look into this more as an SBC, right? um, because, um, that would mean like, you can't call the children's pastor, like, you know, and, and while we wouldn't, because we believe like pastor is this office elder role that has more than just an area over, like we, we see our pastors as co-laborers together, shepherding the whole church. Um, and we are even slow in our ordination of Lucas and Alec, mm-hmm. you know, because we want to see them, you know, mm-hmm. as qualified. Um, not that they're not on that track and all right, that. Absolutely. But, but I do know like, man, you're really closing the door on a lot of churches who don't see it the same way. So I, I don't know that right. I, I'm not, I'm not ready to say, yes, I vote for this amendment. Right. Because I, I think what is happening in this is, is how, I, how are we going to pull the, the tent pen in a little right. war, and that really is going to force that issue. And yes. and the greater issue is that I would say greater issue, but the greater uh, the deep the next level really is. Well, we do believe that each church is an autonomous church. Right. And that is so. How much are you trying to govern right. churches and what they can and can't do? And I think at least right now, my my gut reaction to that amendment is like I think you're overreaching a little bit yeah, into the life of an autonomous church. Uh, to do that. So that's yeah, at off least, the top of at my least head based right on now. how we were standing right now. So again, I see this as different. I am going to agree to disfellowship Saddleback because, you know, she's teaching pastor, like she's teaching men in a role that I would say that is not in line with, again, let me back up. Methodist, Assembly of God's, non-denominational churches have female teaching pastors. I think those people are still love Jesus. I don't think they're going to hell. It's like, not a, they, they don't believe the Bible. But, but that's not Baptist, right? Mm-hmm. That's not how we see that issue. Mm-hmm. And so how Saddleback is doing this is not how we see that issue. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not Beth Moore going to speak at church. Like, it, they're clearly past that line. So I would say, like, let's let the Credentials Committee keep evaluating these on a case-by-case basis as they're brought and not change the bylaws. But but I do think we need to look into this mm-hmm. over a few years standpoint. Yeah, it's of, not a, yeah, not a nature yeah, yeah. reaction mm-hmm. to anything. So the next big thing that we'll probably, that, that it's all, Always a thing is the, the presidential election, yeah. and you have uh, Bart Barber, who has been serving as the president uh, this past year, who was up for re-election, and another nominee, uh, whose uh, name is Mike Stone, who will be nominated mm-hmm. for president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And this is typically, you know, this is all—I wouldn't say always, but it will be uh, debated, and it is. And there's camps, and there's people who want this and want that guy, uh, and so that'll be a piece of what happens here too. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And I would say that this is contentious. Um, Bart Barber, the, the reason that people don't want to re reelect him is they feel mainly related to the guidepost, um, sex abuse, uh, report and the task force and the implementation of recommendations based on that guidepost report. 
Um, they, A, don't like that Guidepost is an organization that does in some way affirm LGBT, LGBTQ plus uh, groups. It doesn't mean they're like, that has any effect necessarily on us, but but the concern is that group has works with LGBTQ plus organizations is probably employs those has supported LGBTQ plus during pride month saying that a bunch, by the it's way, it's a lot. Yeah, um, and so we don't want that organization then having any kind of authority within anything in SBC life. I understand that. Um, and so Bar Barbara has continued to allow that. They say we need somebody who's not going to allow that. So Mike Stone is the alternative. The negative to Mike Stone would be those who say he's tied to the CBN. Mm -hmm. um, and he's very nationalistic. Uh, he has not been sympathetic to abuse reform at all, uh, in their opinion. Um, there's been some personal conflicts between him and Russell Moore, who ended up leaving. A lot of people weren't happy with that. Um, I would say that this is way more nuanced than it was in Nashville when you just had like, non-CBN guy, CBN guy. Mm -hmm. um, I am personally at this point going to vote for Bart Barber because even though I do hear the the concern about the guidepost thing, and I think we need to keep a close watch on this, most of the people who've been involved in this within SBC Life are in no way drifting towards those kind of things. Right. Um, they're just doing the best they can. And they mm -hmm. put a lot of work into it. Mm -hmm. um, it is, I, I would say the other thing there um, is it's quite expensive. And so like, where is this balance in being more um, protective of sex abuse victims and uh, having policies that help our churches not do that? Um, but also how much money are we going to spend on that? while we're trying to send people across the world missions. Mm -hmm. And then lastly is uh, there's just a lot of concern over um, how that's going to be played out still in the autonomy of local churches. Mm -hmm. so. One of the biggest um, uh, concerns that gets brought up specifically about sexual abuse uh, in the task force is, okay, so you're saying we can't do this investigation. We can't look into, but yet, and now, but now you're saying we can disfellowship over the roles of women in the church. Right. And so it really is, this is, this, this is, these are the apples and apples and oranges and all these things that are getting thrown in and it, and it does, as you can imagine, it will be, uh, Contentious at times. It will be. And because because people are involved. And, and even though, I mean, these are people who all mm -hmm. do, you know, by their own words, say they love Jesus. We're not, no, no one's going around and like, you're not a Christian, you know, but it, it does. It just, it just shows you how difficult unity is. Uh, we talked about that a few Sundays ago. Um, yeah. It just yep. shows that for sure. Um, yeah. 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 So we'll be back next week to report on all this. <laughs> and I would just add one more piece. Whatever random thing comes up, Justin Wyatt may go to the microphone oh, man. and that surprise be us all with a motion uh, to make bringing in the sheaves bringing in our the national song of the convention. Theme song, yes, yeah. we could do that. So, uh, yeah, like you said, we will be there. Will be the report and update from the sex abuse task force, yes, right. uh, which will be. Um, Contentious as yeah, well. Yeah, which will be just mm. because it, one, because it's sensitive to uh, things haven't been handled well historically. There's a, there's a, a desire, I believe, a genuine desire to handle it well. And there's a lot of disagreement on what that looks like. And then there is, I think, still some desire for people from some people to not handle it because, well, for lots of reasons. So, um, 
that will come up. And then uh, really there will be reports from all the entities, the IMB from North American Mission Board. And that stuff is the stuff that really just unifies. But people will have questions and want clarity on a lot of things. Because uh, if you've ever been to a Baptist uh, Baptist like business meeting at a local church uh, back in the day, you know, people could ask about anything and they did. And this is kind of that. This is the people's opportunity to ask whatever questions mm-hmm. they want to with a microphone in their hand. Uh, and microphones in hands uh, can also bring out motives that could be pure or impure. So mm-hmm. um, yep. yeah. Anything else you add? What's going on? Nope. All no, right. I mean, we'll, we'll, right. we'll, 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 we're taking our whole ministerial staff. Some of our spouses are going. Yeah. And we're going to have a good time. Be good. And laugh a lot. Yeah. At, I'm at, sure at we will. People. We yeah. will laugh. And, and cry uh, maybe a little. Yeah, we probably will. There will be some moments where we're moved to but tears. We'll get a good muffaladas while we're there, too. Woo! Man, I'm looking forward to that. That is the best. Best. This thing will right probably now. be the on, only time. Our whole like ministerial staff is going to this. It's just so close. Yeah, because it's close. Several you guys haven't been before. Have you yeah. been to SBC before? No, I've wow. not. Oh yeah, my because I've just always it's always been far, and it's yeah. always been meh. Just You're why? like James will go do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll vote how <laughs> yeah, I vote. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, well, you know, do I need to? Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, so questions. We do have one question that came in after last week, which I think is a great question. This actually came in from our contact form online. So thank you for using that. What specifically would a more diverse church look like? Um, I think that's a great question because I think, you know, there's, there's theory and then there's, there's, uh, practicalities. I think, um, the things that very first come to your mind are ethnicity and yes, those things. Yes. Um, but I think what's, uh, I think the next thing in our context is probably more diverse background in terms of socioeconomics. You know, yep. that, you know, in our church, I think we talk about Niceville being an affluent area and, and really not just Niceville, but South, South Okaloosa as a whole. Um, and while that is true, there is more affluence than other parts of our area. Not this whole area is an affluent. And I mm. think that the areas of socioeconomics where we have, you know, lower income earner households uh, aren't fully represented in right. uh, in our community and, and they're not fully represented in our church. And, mm. um, and so we do want to see that because we want to be a church that reaches all mm. peoples. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so mm-hmm. that means um, we as a church the people of the church being comfortable spending time and investing uh, in people who do different things, who, you know, who are different than us, but, mm-hmm. but we're committed to walking with each other. Yeah. Um, and then too, you know, I think, yeah. And it gets into some more like, you know, just the culture, like, um, like multicultural kind of mm-hmm. things. Like we don't just want a, a diverse appearance, but mm-hmm. actually diversity and, and mm-hmm. some of our expression too, which, you know, part of that is like, we are, we are not in a, a super diverse ethnicity right, not, area. There yeah. are, there is diversity, but, and so we want to reflect that as much as we possibly mm-hmm. can. No, I mean, I not don't... as a gimmick though. I mean, let's just say right, no. there are churches who do this as a gimmick. Like they do it because they want to appear diverse, mm. uh, but they aren't. And yeah, I've definitely seen churches in our in our town even. They make sure they include that black person or that, you know, uh, Hispanic person in the pictures, you know, and all that stuff to make it look like that's not what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about the kingdom of God is not like it's going to be clear that our identity isn't in like this socioeconomic national national viewpoint and so the more like we have people who are just coming in kind of challenging like our way of life in terms mm-hmm. of those 
fourth level issues, mm -hmm. I think the better, you know, yeah. um, it makes us better. It yeah. Makes it does us better. make us it makes better. Us, mm -hmm. uh, individually. I feel like it, it just challenging. Yeah. It makes you wiser. It makes you uh, more compassionate, but then as a church, it just makes us stronger. You because, just lay down your preferences. Yeah. And that's how we emulate Christ. Yeah. And like we said before, like laying, like this means nobody get nobody gets everything they want. And that's actually better for us. Mm -hmm. um, Amen. So yeah, there you go. All right. So, uh, anything else you want to add to that? Nah. All right. Um, well, we're going to wrap up this episode with a, a, a list. A, we're each going to talk about in light of SBC, just five impactful sermons that have shaped us or that we remember. So, um, I, we're hesitant to say this is the all time top 10 yeah. because, you know, different times things hit different mm -hmm. ways but mm -hmm. I, how i formulated this list is really like looking back some things that i know that have shaped me my worldview mm. and my kingdom okay view. so that's kind of that's kind of okay. how i approach this list i'm not sure how you approached it but um yeah you want to start you want me to start uh, go ahead man paper rock scissors all right so the first i'm going to go back uh to college and this is Several of these I realize are from my college days or young adult and i realize like that is why man college ministries and like investment into people in that age is so important because you are figuring out the world and who you really are, your identity in Christ and shaping your future. Uh, and Hey, we just started a college uh, life group here. So there's a plug for that if you need more information, but I'm going to go back to, um, the first uh, few of these actually come from a passion conference I was at mm. where I really think, you know, like whatever you think about passion now, like I know that God used that yeah, in my yeah, life. Sure. And Louis Giglio preached on. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about when Rob Bell preached. There. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, Isaiah 26, 8, which is the theme verse of passion. Yes, Lord, walking ways and your laws. We wait patiently for you, for your name and your renown are the desires of our mm. heart. And that. Uh, really, I think helped me understand one, the world is so much bigger than me and God's heart is for the nations. And that's how he wants to use me uh, regardless of my occupation. And this was before I felt called to ministry. This is actually like, you know, I'd been in college, pre-med, like this is like, God wants to use me to make disciples of all nations. Mm. Yes, Lord. So mm. th that has been, I think really changed the, Really, the, the trajectory of my life. Amen. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, I would use a passion uh, one as well that was before that. I didn't see it when it was live, but was the uh, passion one day when John Piper mm -hmm. uh, preached. Actually, on, it was after that. Uh, was it so after gonna, that? Yeah, because I was there. I was at one day because I'm a little older. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't that like in Texas or something? Yeah. Dallas? No, it was uh, Shelby Farms, Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I knew it was outside. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, and obviously at the end, he, he I mean, and, in the sermon, he brings up this idea of, you know, this pamphlet where people are collecting seashells on the beach. And he's contrasting that with these two missionaries, Ruby Eliason, you know, and uh, this other yeah. one, I can't remember her name right now, um, who died on the yeah. mission field. And he's saying the tragedy is people who would retire mm -hmm. and just live the last season of their life, yeah. you know, for seashells. And he was calling uh, us to live for something more. And so I think, man, like, whoo, that got to hold me. Yes, absolutely. So funny. I saw it much later, though. Yeah, much, much later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's funny is that, so that, that, that sermon was like part of our radical ministry mentoring uh, curriculum. Was, yeah, yeah. And so Christy's in a group and she was sharing in her group, like they were talking about that sermon. And she was like, I was actually there. And everybody was like, you were there. You're that old. Well, the video looks like it's from like 40 <laughs> it does. years ago. Like video was and not Piper, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You're like, who would dress like that 20 years ago? So, <laughs> so funny. So I mean, it's great that you said that. That is actually the second I have that sermon down uh, because uh, I was there 
And that, so it was amazing to be there, but also just at a time where like, this was a little bit later than that first sermon that I heard that I mentioned, uh, and was felt like I was at this crossroads of God. Like, I know you've done, you've called me to this. What does it look like? And was really wrestling with like, what am I about to do with my life? (laughs) And I know that I know, like listening to that, like God was like, you're supposed to follow me. And that's what I went overseas. And I knew that that was supposed to be like what I was doing next, but also a part of ministry for the rest of my life. Um, the seashells uh, message from John Piper from one day, 2000. Uh, you can YouTube that. Was um, it 2000? It was the year 2000. Because oh, wow. okay. I, yeah, I had just graduated college and then a bunch of us loaded up and like, like Christian I just Woodstock. graduated high school. Hey, <laughs> good job. Good yeah. job graduating high school four years after I graduated <laughs> high school. <laughs> um, yeah, my next, and, the, and this is, uh, he's on there twice as Piper. Uh, and, you know, I don't agree with everything about Piper, but I mean, fantastic preacher. And in the sermon, mm-hmm. I was actually at, it was called Advance the Church. It was a conference that uh, Summit Church in Raleigh-Durham, J.D. Greer's Church put on. And it was the evening and he was preaching on um, Philippians and Second Corinthians about how our aim is people's progress in joy in the faith mm-hmm. and like we are working for your joy yeah. like and just really this i i don't think i was already a pastor like i don't think i'd ever like fully grasped until that moment like my aim is that people are finding more joy in trusting in christ like that's what i want that's the mm-hmm. win so yeah uh, it got good. me man that's good Man, okay, so the next one, I'm going to bend the rules a little bit uh, because it goes back to an event. It goes back to passion. Uh, obviously, God used that in my life. So uh, one is a John, another John You Piper. sound like a fangirl. Hey, no, but me. hey, I, I, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I remember specifically two uh, talk, two <laughs> teachings from that passion. And one was John Piper. And I remember, I can go back there in my mind and hear in his voice saying, are you glorifying God in your suffering? And it was the first time that I ever thought, one, really about the glory of God, mm. and two, that God mm. can be glorified in hard things. Mm. And it mm. really just caused me to, it was, it was, I wouldn't say it was, it was life-changing, but mm. also it just really helped it open my eyes to that. Mm. The second, uh, and you're going to laugh after what we just talked about, but this is Beth Moore. All right. And she wouldn't call it a sermon. She'd call it teaching, but I remember her saying, and it was the first time. Just and by I, worse, actually. Yeah. If you look at the Bible. <laughs> yeah, you know what you mean. Yeah. But, and she's speaking at a conference and she talked about like loving Jesus because he loves us. Mm. And I grew up in a Southern Baptist church and I have thankful for that experience and the people who poured into me, but I really think it was the first time that I understood like what it means to like love Jesus, um, to love him, not just because he, not just because of what he does, but because of who he is. And I remember her saying, is he the love of your life? Mm. And I remember thinking, I think so. Mm but I'm not sure. And it was like during that time that I was like, no, he is like, he is the love of my life and I'll mm-hmm. give everything for him. So man, those were some pivotal times. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I drove over, uh, to new Orleans seminary one Tuesday, uh, Monday, whatever day on my way to a seminar, uh, for my doctorate to, um, go a little early and hear David Platt. And I've actually heard him preach the same sermon like three times now. But <laughs> if you say the same thing I'm going to say in just a second, I'm going to crack up. It probably is. <laughs> uh, and I was really wrestling in that moment with having come to Bayshore 
a little bit because at, as a church planter and really kind of smaller church, I felt like I was in uh, just so many people's lives, um, making disciples personally a little more. And uh, he preached on how um, Jerry Rankin had challenged him mm-hmm. that when he felt called to the mission field, that God used pastors to send people. And he just felt like he realized like a big part of his life would be leading people to go to the nations, you mm, know? That's good. And so I felt like in a similar way, like, okay, like I might not from here on out feel like I am, not that I have any excuse not to make disciples, but I might feel like I'm not as approachable. I might feel like I'm not as just in people's lives, but God wants to use me to help people to make disciples and help mm. people to go. And so I felt like that was very helpful for me. Yeah. That's good. So Is my, it, that's not the one. No, that's gonna, not the good. one. Uh, and, and so this isn't one specific sermon because it's basically like anytime you hear David Platt preach, he talks about this, I think. <laughs> so it's basically, but if you Google like David Platt, Genesis 12, um, you'll find a bunch of sermons that talk about this. And it was going back to the story of Abram and mm-hmm. God's covenant with him that I will make you a blessing of all nations. And mm-hmm. then he proceeded and to basically go through scripture and show how that promise oh, yeah. was for all throughout the Old Testament and then fulfilled in Christ. Mm-hmm. And it was so helpful for me because I first encountered this, his teaching this actually in seminary because he, even though I think we're like the same age, uh, he was teaching a class because, you know, because he's a, brilliant guy. Um, and he did this in a class and it was the first time that I feel like even in like, even as a seminary student, like the Bible finally made sense from Genesis, not, not the big story. Like I knew the story of the Bible, but it, all the dots connected. And I finally understood like how everything in scripture really is just about Jesus Mm. and connected the dots. And it's about God's glory among the nations for all of eternity. Mm. So there mm. you go. Amen. Uh, my fourth would be uh, when I heard Tim Keller preach on Matthew 9 and wine and wineskins. And uh, he really, and it was on a Sunday morning, actually, I just happened to listen to the podcast. Um, he was really just explaining how we're a religious mm. culture people. Um, we always will be. Um and we we try to fit like a system of religion into um, Christianity. We try to fit the gospel into that, and mm-hmm. the gospel burst that. Yeah. Um, and I thought uh, that was just powerful. That's so. good, man. I loved him. I love the way he teaches because he he teaches as he preaches, he and does. it's yeah. not yelling or even his excited voice is like our intro voice. You know, <laughs> he, he, he would say in his book um, on preaching that you teach for 25 minutes and then you preach for five to 10. Yeah. And then people remember it yeah. and it changes people. So, uh, for last my, one. so my last one. Uh, so we've talked about a lot of like big events we were at or conferences. And here's what I want to say for my last most impactful sermon. The most impactful sermon is the sermon you hear. Every Sunday at your local church. Oh man, like you did I, it! I, you it did is, it. and I. It is, yeah. Listen, it's not one memorable one. Yeah, you know, but. I just think. I mean, I so you know, having taught on a Sunday morning, but more more Sundays than not, sitting under teaching, sitting under your teaching, uh, previous pastors' teachings. Um, you know, I re- you don't necessarily remember one sermon, but you remember pieces of sermons or things that clicked. And I would just say that. 
all these these people that we've yeah, mentioned right. before, they're all gifted. They're all, and a lot of them have probably preached that same sermon that impacted us like 20 other times, you know, mm-hmm. at different locations and it's been refined. Um, but uh, gathered with the local church and that sermon, it is shaping us. It is. It absolutely is mm-hmm. in ways we realize in the moment and aha moments and in ways we don't realize things we are uh being with things we are being taught, but also things that we're catching and that come mm. up later. Mm. And it is so formative. And it's why, like, you just you've got to be a part of a local church. Yeah, that's <laughs> you good. know, like that's, that's why watching, you know, YouTube clips of famous pastors and preachers is is just not going to be enough mm. uh to really form you spiritually because God's desires for us mm. to be mm. united in local church. So I would just say, you know, thank you for the what the mm. the seriousness with which you take teaching the word. Uh, and I would say like, I know you're not just up there winging it, <laughs> you know, like you're, you've studied, you, you're pouring yourself into it. And as we all should, when we have that opportunity, um, hmm. you know, and God uses it, he shapes us. And hmm. so it's, it's a huge weight, uh, hmm. and responsibility, but also a great joy. So, hmm. um, for all of you who are, I mean, I know several other pastors who listen to this, I would just say, um, just be faithful in that because yeah, it is right. shaping people. It mm. really, really is shaping people. So mm. there you go. And it's, if you're younger and you feel called to teach and preach, man, we'd love to help you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Or you're, maybe, you know, yeah, absolutely. you feel like you want to grow in that area mm-hmm. and we can help you. We'd help you. Yeah, I won't say my fifth since you said that. So it was good. I was actually going to allude to the fact that it was, I'd probably heard what this guy said like a hundred times before then. And for whatever reason in that moment, I like listened. And that is the interesting thing. Like what's so funny too <laughs> is it's it's comical. Like if you or someone else preach here, like, uh, or a guest preacher comes, like y'all might say something that like I've said like 20 times mm-hmm. and then somebody would be like, Oh, when they when said he that. Said it. And I'm like, you know what? That's, we're all, we're not doing this to like glorify yeah. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of these guys we mentioned are, even mm-hmm. though they're very talented speakers mm-hmm. and women. Um, but I, I would say that ultimately like it, it's, it's a service to the Lord, you yeah. know, and it's mm-hmm. to glorify him and um, his word is sufficient. Right. Yeah. And, and so sermon, but God, it's cool how God uses sermons, right? Like we need the Bible to read the Bible and be students of the word, mm-hmm. but God uses gifted teachers. Absolutely. Um, and life group leaders, you know, yeah, like absolutely. teach, I don't mean preachers, you right. know. Right, yeah, so. people who are teaching in life group, who are teaching the word and helping people understand. Yeah. So good, it's so worth it. And, and next week we will know whether or not they can be women in the SPC <laughs> or not. <laughs> oh, this is true, good segue there. <laughs> hey, so yeah, if you've got questions, we might have answers. That's gonna be our new tagline. <laughs> right. you got questions, we, we might, might have, have answers. answers. All right, hey, thanks for tuning in and we look forward to see you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat. 